now my internet has come back and I've not lost in a void any longer. The thing is, is that whenever my internet goes out, my I have such poor phone reception here. Yeah, you're on the lake. Yeah. Like, I don't, then I'm actually in a void unless I go sit in, like, a random corner of my house. Yeah. Which is inconvenient. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. It's okay. I didn't actually, like, go into a void, so. Yeah, that's good. Or get trapped in, like, where um, Ricochet Rita went to become Spiral. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just the, like, overwhelming, like, amount of like, being exposed to the space-time continuum that, like, drove her, like, like broke her mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying at least you didn't have that same thing happen. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, more arms would be cool. Like, honestly. They're cybernetic arms. This isn't, like, an alien situation. That's good. <laughs> Usually. I'm, I'm glad that you didn't become a six-armed mutant or any of that. You know, we all have our good days and bad days. Hello, and welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he, him pronouns. And this is episode 21. We've passed our milestones, so 21, I guess, is, I guess our podcast is legally able to drink now? Yeah, along with, you know, other things, like, well, I guess it still can't rent a car without penalties in most <laughs> jurisdictions, <laughs> yeah, can you're it? Right. it can't. No, it, yeah, you would have, you have an extra fee. We have to get to 25. Yeah. Like, 25 is the last birthday that you have where there is... Where it means, like, anything? Anything at all. Like, it's like, okay, now I can finally rent a car. Except, like, 30. I guess. Don't remind me about 30. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's happening. That's happening in a couple months. I hate, I hate that, like, 30 is stereotyped by most culture to be, like, the bad one. Because you're not even that old at 30. No, I can't be 30 under 30 anymore, though. Well, you're 30 under 30 in my heart. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and you can also still be, there's still 40 under 40, I believe. There is, there is, there is. There's still time for you to become a media luminary yet. <laughs> or get your 40 under 40 for a uh, Shatterstarologist. Yeah, yeah, Sh uh, 40 under 40 uh, Shatterstar luminary. <laughs> You should put that on your Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, Shatterstarologist is very good, though. I, uh, actually, I, I changed it to world, world's leading Shatterstarologist. I saw that. I think it I, is it leading or premiere. Uh, it might be. It might be premiere. I think it's premiere. I don't know. I can't remember which one I did. Whichever it is, it's good. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, it's I good. I might it. change it to what to what we just talked about. <laughs> That would be very good. I mean, Griffins also says that he's a diesel jeans model, which is obviously totally true. Because why wouldn't you want him to be modeling your diesel jeans? That's fine. I mean, honestly, you model jeans. I mean, you can model whatever you want. You can model 
purple shirts and weird yoga pants and that's you can do my hair and dress me anywhere thank imagination you. Th life thank is you creation. <laughs> thank you you're welcome aqua thank you that smash hit god i was watching adam coble stream before we got started today because he does like retro sundays every once in a while and he ended up playing SimCity 2000 oh boy on stream he's still playing it as of this recording but in the lead up he played bittersweet symphony by the verve mm -hmm. yeah and i was like whoa this song did fucking... it teleport you back into time yeah and there was someone in chat that's like like a little bit older than me and they were like wow i remember this being played in like bookstores when i was a teen <laughs> i mean it was literally played everywhere I'm surprised someone hasn't sampled Bittersweet Symphony yet. Yeah, like, because that's, I don't think that's a sample in the song. I think that's, like, they actually made the strings. Like, I think they recorded it for the song. But the other thing that, like, is peak 90s is, like, do you remember Soundgarden? Yeah. Or, or not Soundgarden. I always confuse them. Savage Garden. I mean... Yes, also. I mean, those are both 90s things, but yeah, like Savage but, Garden. So Savage Garden was named, they took their name from the Lestat, the Vampire Prince series. Not surprised. He refers to like the pecking order of nature as like the Savage Garden. <laughs> it's like the Garden of Eden, but savage because vampires suck blood. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Sure. It's his whole philosophy. Man, if they did like a modern reboot of the Vampire Chronicles, Lestat would just be like a guy that sits on Twitter and no one would ever listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I mean, like, because his whole thing is like he got people to listen to him because he had this charisma and stuff. I mean, he'd probably have like a couple, like maybe like 500 followers. But he'd be competing with like drill. Yeah, he would. He could never. He could never compete with drill. Let's just be honest. And like critical and like weird Twitter writ large, Jomni Sun, like all of them. Yeah. No weird. Weird Twitter is is great. Yeah. In fact, like it, it would be like, huh? This Lestat guy is weird. Do you think that's a real Twitter man, or do you think it's a bot? And people would be like, I think it's a bot. I think it's a bot. No one could take themselves that seriously, right? It'd be like the it'd be like horsey books all over again. Right. Exactly. Dirt batteries. <laughs> Sorry, horsey <laughs> books. I don't even care. I don't care what the real story behind horsey books is. Dirt battery. The first time I ever read that tweet was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I don't think I'd seen that one. It's just a tweet that says "dirt battery." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh man. But yeah. Okay. Well. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. Aside from '90s music, like the only thing that I remember from that song, like ever from Savage Garden is something about cannonballs. Like, I own the song, but... I can't remember the lyrics. I was gonna sing a bar, but I just literally cannot remember the I want to live like cannonballs careless and free. That's all I remember. Okay. Oh, I want to run through the jungle, the wind in my hair, and the grass at my feet. Something like that. Thank you. Sorry. I'm, I, I'm a little pitchy. Simon Cow would not love me today. This is the podcast where we talk about um, 90s one-hit wonders. 
And Mikey sings another song that I actually don't remember from Savage Garden because it is not one of their two hits. That was one of their hits. It was on the radio all the time. Uh, single? I don't know. It was a single. I don't, I don't remember that one. That's okay. Oh, it was like their third because there was I Want You and Truly Madly Deeply. And then exactly. there was also this one. Exactly. The two that you just mentioned previously, I listened to and I know. The last one? got no idea this one this one is called the animal song the one that i was singing Uh, sure okay thank you it was a later it was a later track it was 1999 Mm. new millennium beats yeah little did they know that y2k was upon them (laughs) god do you oh why you know i'm not gonna get into like i don't know why we always get into like late 90s early 2000s ephemera like (laughs) I mean, that's when we, that's when we, that's when I had enough, like, that's when I was... The formulative years? Form, I was my formative stuff, like, the late, late 90s and, like, the early 2000s. Well, you know what? That's actually a decent segue, because the show that we're going to be talking about is written by people that had that same formulative years, and they incorporate a lot of references from that time into the show. So, today we're going to be talking about Steven Universe. Yeah. As you probably have already intuited through our social media campaigns or whatever way you get to listening to this podcast. Social media campaigns? (laughs) Okay. Hashtag branding. Um, disclaimer. So, so for those of you who are not aware, we recorded like an hour's worth of content and then Charlie's internet shut off. So this is us coming back like after like four hours. God. Yeah. It's been four hours. It's been it's been 80 years. It's been one week since you looked at me. Did it? <laughs> okay. You can't do that if you just don't um, know. Da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I mean, the music, I mean, music is a part of this episode because Steven Universe does have a lot of nice songs in yes. it. So that's, that's my excuse. It's true. And, and one of the main characters is voiced by one of my favorite singers, Estelle. Yeah. So social media campaigns aside, I guess. And loss of internet for four hours. Yeah, we're talking about Steven Universe today. I know we talked a little bit about, like, the things we wanted to cover, like, in some of these interstitial episodes. And I'm sorry that we've had to go bi-weekly for a while, but things are hectic, and hopefully they'll mellow out soon. But I was very busy. Mikey was very busy. Mikey was sick. Things happened. I didn't want to keep being like, the episode's going to be late. Yeah. The episode's going to be late. I didn't want to keep doing that. May has been fraught as we expected it to be. Yep. And then I'll be moving towards the end of June. I'm only moving like another building over, but that still means I have to empty out this current apartment and move all my stuff into the other apartment, which is going to be an endeavor in and of itself. So it was for the best, at least for the time being. Yeah. Hopefully someday we can get back to I would like to get back to weekly episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I don't think it'll be like a super long time before we can do that. But anyway. Steven Universe, it's not obviously a comic book. Actually, it is. There are comic books. Sometimes. So the wiki was calling that level two canon, which is just like, no, no, it's a kid's show. Like, okay, uh, sure. Thanks, Wikipedia. Like, let's let's not get into like basically what that is. I'm assuming is like 
Like with with cartoons especially, I feel like Korra and Avatar like Avatar the Last Airbender are the same way. Like the show is like one entity and then all the supplemental stuff is like the golden books. Like they just kind of like they like flesh out what's what's going on. Yeah, but like they're not necessarily ever going to be discussed in Yeah, the- they're not they're like supplemental reading. They're not like yeah. required. Yeah. So if you don't know what Steven Universe is, how would you how would you describe it, Mikey? I would describe it as a slice of life animated show set in a fictional city not unlike Jersey City or Atlantic City or any of those like it's it's an eastern seaboard city. It's beach city. <laughs> yeah, it's beach city. It's an eastern seaboard city with a boardwalk. And it's a slice of life animated show that's like a little bit action, a little bit like interpersonal stuff, but definitely inspired by Saturday morning cartoons of the 90s and early 2000s, as well as magical girl anime of the same time period. Yes. So there's a lot of like references, but not in the like annoying way of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like, like, like it's legitimate clearly evoking a thing if you know what it is you're evoking yeah. but also like it's it's an alternate reality like it's an alternate earth so it's like yeah it gives them space to be like hey how would this thing have developed if you know like there was a plastic shortage or whatever i mean that's not necessarily the thing but we'll yeah, get into but that it's in a also, second yeah it's also like like these beats that like take from other things it's sometimes very subtle and then sometimes it's like used in a cool way so it's not just like i'm referencing this like i'm making a reference yeah it's a reference you get it it's like here's a sequence of animation that's exactly like this other thing yeah it's like very clearly put together by people that not only have a great passion for their craft but have a passion for animation that came before them and they definitely like try to evoke some of their favorite stuff it's like it's, you know, it's it's a really good, well put together show. And, you know, like, I think it's okay to not be afraid to pull things in that interest you. Like, nothing is really original anymore. And if you can put those things together in an interesting way, like that helps draw people in. Mm-hmm. And people then that don't know those touch points, like they can still enjoy the show on that level. And I also think it's like, deceptively complex. Oh, absolutely. Like it can be enjoyed on multiple levels. And yeah. we'll talk about that. Like it it kind of starts as an episode to episode show. And then like pretty much every season, like you you realize that like all the stuff that's been building up in the background that you thought was unimportant actually like becomes the A plot. So like the B plot becomes the A plot and then the C plot becomes the B plot for a couple episodes. And then like it then ties back in together because it's like, you know, like saving the earth isn't really important this season. What's actually important is me talking to my dad and like making him feel better. Yeah. And then, but then the end of the season is like, okay, but then what does putting that other plot off for three episodes do to us? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so, it's so much in the vein of like other things that I love. Like it is very slice of life. There's lots of like, secondary and tertiary characters that like get time to get fleshed out 
maybe not right away, but they kind of all have their, they all kind of play their part in this. And like, obviously, Steven is the main character of the show, but as much as it always focuses on him, it like focuses on his relationships with everybody else in the town. Not just the gems, like not just the crystal gems, but literally everybody else in the town. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, that's like really cool, but it's also this circumstances aside, like all kind of about like found family and like people like accepting you and it's really like it's got this surface and i guess like a, kids could watch it and i hope that they do i i'm i mean i'm talking about it like my perspective as an adult and like what i find valuable in it but like i i am hoping that there are kids watching this and like learning like about these themes and like taking that forward you know yeah we touched on in like the hour that we talked before we had to break for internet we talked about like queer representation too and the thing about this show is it's also like a very diverse show Mm -hmm. but it's it's actually again in a very subtle way like it's just like these are the people in the world and what would you what would happen if you had like a society of all like female coded characters like how do they relate to one another and how do they relate to one another in basically like an authoritarian society? Yeah. So okay, so let's 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 actually roll it back a couple steps. So who are the main characters? Cuz I don't think we've really we've explained Steven, but I don't think we've really said for those we really who might explained not explain Steven. <laughs> yeah, we like just kind of <laughs> jumped into the deep end. So let's pull it back to the shallow end a little bit and sit okay. and relax in our in our <laughs> shallow end with our pool floaties for a second. <laughs> so, uh Steven as the show is named for is a what is he? 13 years old? He is 14 in the current season. So I think he started as like a 12-year-old, like an 11-12-year-old. Okay. Um he's a young he's a young boy. And he lives with three gems who gems in this show are aliens from another planet, basically. Yeah. Well, he he lived with his single dad before that and like right before the first episode of the show, because we see that in a flashback at one point, like right before the first episode of the show, he moved in with the team with a team of aliens called the Crystal Gems, or they refer to themselves as the Crystal Gems. Yes, and they are they they have um gemstones coded to them. So there is garnet and there is amethyst and there is pearl. And Stephen is the son of Greg, who he was living with, but also of a gem a gem called Rose Quartz, who gave up her physical form to actually have him. So technically speaking, Stephen is Rose reincarnated, basically. <laughs> but also half human, half, half gem. The one of the characters says at one point he's his own mom, which I like to make that joke with Charlie about Shatterstar a lot. <laughs> and it made sh- <laughs> the first time I did it, I was like, he's his own dad. <laughs> like, he's his own grandpa. Yeah, um no, I know. But specifically to call back the yeah, universe. Yeah, yes. But yeah, so, um, and as we, how heavy spoilers do you want to get into, Mikey? I mean, we're gonna, if you haven't seen any Steven Universe, and you do not hope to, then you are in the right place. Or if you have seen, we're gonna go up 
to um, the end of season five, which at this point is, what is it? A, a single pale rose. Yeah. So if you are not up to that point, maybe this would be the time to jump out. However, if you haven't seen any Steven Universe and we would rather let someone talk to you about it, like you're in the right place because we're going to. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I don't think there's any point to like holding back. No. But so to explain who like the Crystal Gems are. So the Crystal Gems, as Charlie mentioned, are Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl. So Garnet is voiced by Estelle. So she gets to have a lot of really cool, like single, like single songs, which is really neat. And so she is like a big, tall, kind of buff, like purple lady with like a fro and sunglasses. She can see the future. Yeah, she can see the future and she has big punch fists. Yes. And then there's Amethyst, who's like shorter and rowdier has like long like lilac colored hair and her weapon is like a gem whip so each of the gems has like a signature weapon that they pull out so the gem is like embedded into them and they have like a magical physical form that comes out of it and Mm -hmm. when they're damaged enough like they revert like they lose their physical form and revert back to their gem but their gem also like lets the like they can conjure weapons out of it or you know stuff like that. So um so Amethyst has her crystal whip that she can extend and like you know do cool whip things. Um and then Pearl, I forget who her voice actress is, but I think she's like a was like a Broadway singer stuff like that. So she does some singing. Yeah, Amethyst is like a dirty rowdy girl. Yeah. But Pearl is like kind of the middle height of the gang and also has the most poise. She has like like a pink, like coral type hair. Um, and she has like a like a pole arm of some sort. It's not quite a spear. It's a spear. It's kind of a spear, yeah. I guess it's, it's like a, a lance. It's more like yeah, a lance. It's, it's like a lance that has like a long like it's it's not properly like a specific pole arm because the blade kind of goes into a spiral that is then just there so she can like use it as like a melee weapon and throw it and also like shoot beams with it and she also like does kind of like she has like a ballet dancer type poise pretty much all the time and also fences Mm -hmm. like she can and she can create like holograms of herself yes so she has like fencing practice at one point which is mildly terrifying but <laughs> so yeah that's that's the crystal gems and then steven's dad is greg universe he is like a aging hippie slash he used to be in like a 70s 80s era like power rock band i don't think it was properly metal i think it was like no it was but it was just greg it was it was just greg there was no band it was just greg <laughs> yeah yeah but uh when when the gems, when we get alluded to that the gems, like, came to Earth, because what we haven't said is that there was a... The, the gems, the gem homeworld, the gems are aliens, and there are the the diamonds who make up the diamond authority that are on their planet, their homeworld, and they're colonizers. So the gems are mostly aliens that come to planets, colonize those planets, basically implant the gems into the ground in those planets, use the resources, and make more gems. 
and is it obviously a very destructive process and that's very dark for a children's show yeah well and specifically like they use so this is like we're already getting like deep into the paint with some like mid-show spoilers just as fyi again so i think like specifically like the earth they don't do it to all planets but they seek out specific planets like the earth's core made it really good yeah for them to to do that and like they started this like millennia ago our time um but no one on earth knows that the crystal gems are aliens they just think of them as like weird ladies yeah basically they're like weird ladies that live in this weird temple that's out by the beach that is also kind of inexplicably there yeah so at the beginning of the show they're like just they're just fighting monsters we don't know about homeworld or anything but we don't know what harm but we do know that the gems are corrupted like the things that they're the monsters that they're fighting are corrupted gems but we don't know why that is and then we we start to get into some backstory because we have these plots that come forward that as i mentioned homeworld like they were trying to colonize the earth and the crystal gems you know specifically rose quartz um steven's mom said no we're not going to do this anymore. These are there's living things on this planet. We're going to stop this here. And the Crystal Gems became a faction under her to basically fight the rebellion against the, the diamonds. Yeah, the diamond authority. There was a consequence for that, which ended in all of these corrupted gems and a lot of people not making it, save for Amethyst, Pearl, and Garnet, and Rose. Yeah. So it it starts as like an episode to episode show where they're just fighting off these monsters and going to like these weird like temples and stuff that nobody like it's not really explained what they are like and Steven's just like, oh, yeah, weird thing. And they have like warp pads that can take them between those locations. But then like Steven starts slowly re- like also they're the crystal gems pretty much like hold information like withhold information from Steven for his own good, or so they think. Which is a big part of, of the show. Like, the show heavily, like, hinges on people that are morally gray. Yeah. And how you think about those people, and, like, the idea of someone's memory coloring, like, their actions and what they tell, like, what people tell you about them when they're gone. Yeah, because Greg is pretty easygoing and doesn't really hide anything from Steven. And so Steven is, like, pretty naive and idealistic at the beginning of the show. Like, yes, you know, he's a kid, but the gems, like, pointedly withhold a lot of information and also don't want him coming with them. But, like, eventually, you know, Steven both wants to prove to them that he can, he can do it, he can be a crystal gem, and wants to you know, come with them because he's naturally curious. Eventually, like, it gets to the point where he either finds himself in danger or sneaks along after them. So then they have to, they finally, like, let him on an official mission with them in Cheeseburger Backpack, I think. It's the Mm -hmm. first time he's, like, ever allowed on. So he packs a Cheeseburger Backpack. He gets a mail order from Jamie the Mailman. Mailman. Who, who might be my favorite recurring character. Jamie is so good. I love him. So he gets he gets the cheeseburger backpack from Jamie the Mailman, who is a poet and playwright and actor in his in his mind. 
And also mailman. And also mailman. <laughs> like he can't do any of those things because there's no real theater scene in Beach City. So uh, Stephen gets this cheeseburger backpack and he packs it full of a whole bunch of things because you got to have like the adventuring kit, right? Like that's basically what he packs. Mm -hmm. So he packs like snacks and like an inflatable raft and like comic books and all this kind of stuff. And so they take him up to this like, I forget what it was. It was like this giant like spire, the lunar sea spire. Oh, um, Wacky Sack Supply Company was the company <laughs> Stephen got the backpack from, mm -hmm. which is very good. Yeah, so they go up to the Lunar Sea Spire, and he like he packs like an inflatable raft and all this other stuff, right? And yeah, they have it came to, in handy though. Yeah, no, like the originally they're like, oh, this is like you're this is useless, Stephen. Like none of this junk is gonna help us at all. But then, like, everything that he brought with them pretty much ended up helping. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they finally were like, okay, I guess maybe you can come with us. Also, um, so they, they uh, have one of the things that he pulls out. There's, like, an Indiana Jones, like, type, like, statue situation, right? Where they have like a statue that's on a platform and they came to take the statue. Oh, I remember what it was. Like they had to perform this ritual that they could only do like at certain times, like at the full moon or like an eclipse or some random thing that like is very rare because it was like it's lunar ceasefire because it's something to do with the moon. And they have to like put this statue that they have in like, in this beam of light to complete the ritual, but Stephen, like, forgot or lost the statue. So he takes out a Mr. Queasy doll, which, like, it's got, like, a Maryland crab bib around it, looking <laughs> at it, and also, like, yeah. guts on it, and it's making the, like, Mr. Yuck, like, I don't feel so good, like, tongue-stuck-out <laughs> face. And it's, like, this really lumpy doll. It keeps saying things. Yeah, like, it's one of those things that, like, it has the motion sensor in the bottom that when you smack its butt, it makes noise. It's like, ooh, I don't feel so good, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ooh, kid, don't shake me. <laughs> God. So, when they put that in the beam of light, it doesn't go as planned. <laughs> no. The tower I think explodes. The, the tower starts to fall. Yeah, but they have the raft, so they can take the raft. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and that's, like, a lot of, like, the episodes in the first season are, like, just, like, these misadventure stories, and then we get, um, like, we get, like, some background building of the universe, like, we get, like, like Steven's favorite. Oh my god, I forgot, I forgot that episode ended with Steven pulling a back, uh, bagel out of his backpack and saying, anyone want a wet bagel? <laughs> um we we learned lots of things about like the st things steven likes in the first season like cookie cats like ice cream sandwiches that they have like we we go to the donut shop and like we meet lars and sadie at the donut yeah shop, and then and, and then cookie cats the ice cream sandwich that's a cookie and a cat it's and a it's cat. basically uh an ice cream sandwich in the like traditional american style where you have like the graham cat the chocolate graham crackers on both sides and then like some kind of ice cream in the middle 
But they it's got could, Neapolitan ice cream in the middle. Yeah, it looks fucking like really good. Like, but cookie cats are like amazing. But they get discontinued, sadly. They do because Stephen is the only one that likes them. They try and replace it with pop, with ice cream bars called Lion Liquors, and they're not good. Oh, the um, only one that likes those is Lion. But we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> um, yeah. So we learned a lot of like little things. There's a lot of um, honestly, um, in this show, there's a lot of. I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a lot, like, certain things that are just, like, super unsettling. Like, yeah. there are some episodes that go deep into, like, some body horror shit, and also, like, ex- like existential, like, crises, and, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. really, it, yeah. It, 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 it gets, like, like, the episode with Rose's room, like, that gets to be really messed up. Yeah. The episode with the cat fingers. Let's not talk about that. Oh, man. Cat fingers is so bad. Also, um, Rybo <laughs> is also terrifying. Oh, yes. That one. That was like the first episode of Steven Universe I'd ever seen. Oh, really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, man. The first season has so many good episodes. There's Together Breakfast. Yeah. Uh, so, which uh, is Crying that's Breakfast a, Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a show which is like a reference to... Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yeah, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Cry- crying Breakfast Friends. Um, uh, my God. There, yeah, there are lots of, like, there's lots of setup things in season one. Yeah, also, like, just background stuff that, like... Chaps. Chaps. I think the reason Charlie likes Steven Universe so much, actually, is because of Steven's, like, fascination and, like, how particular he is with his food and his <laughs> the branding of his food. <laughs> There's lots of reasons why I like Steven Universe. Yeah, but it's really similar to you because, like, we'll watch like an episode like Together Breakfast, and it's like, no, you have to have the waffle with the this, and Charlie's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like nodding along <laughs> in the background. Um, like it's a show that combines a lot of things that I like, which is why I like it a lot. Obviously, like it's got aliens, it's got like. This re- weird hierarchical society it's, on this It's heavily, planet. like, so the, the gems are, like, heavily influenced by Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Like, to the point where there's at least a couple episodes that are, like, shot for shot the same as dra- a Dragon Ball Z episode. Um, but, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, it's, it's calling it no, back. It, yeah, it's never, it's never, it doesn't ever feel like it's being, like, retread in a weird way. Oh, God, I forgot, I forgot in Freibo, like he starts possessing things yeah like steven uh there's like a gem shard that's like possessing things and like it takes it's his terrifying pants. it takes his pants at first which is like mildly hilarious and then it pos- like the gem shard possesses the so there's um pd and uh ronaldo fry man uh who are the sons of the guy that owns the fry shop on the boardwalk and it possesses Fribo, who is the mascot, and it's this like, and it's like anthropomorph. It's it's not even anthropomorphized. It's a fry container with fry sticking out of the top of its head that has eyes and a mouth on it. Bad. <laughs> it, it's like clown style. It's it's, and then they have like a horror movie shot of it like coming up to them in like a dark storm. And then also of it turn like turning around its yeah. body like slowly <laughs> like its really head bad. slowly it's so messed up like it is like it is some like 
shit. Like, not, I don't think it's as terrifying as Cat Fingers gets, because Cat Fingers gets fucking terrifying. Yeah, cat, but, well, it's, it's terrifying in a different way, right? It's yes. a lot of the first, so, like, once Steven, once the Crystal Gems, like, kind of let him, it's, like, he gets up to a lot of this trouble because he doesn't know. So Steven, being half gem, like, he doesn't know this yet either, really. He doesn't know the extent of his powers, which right. a lot of the things happening in the first season are him realizing what he can and can't do. Right. And, like, the gems also are, like, not teaching him at this point. So he's just, like, they wandering. Don't know either. Right. He's just wandering around the city, like, getting into, like, trying not, just trying to, like, live a normal life and do Steven things. But he keeps getting into trouble. And um, so, like, Catfingers is like, how does that even start? And when he starts to try to start learning how to shapeshift. Oh, right. Because so all the gems can shapeshift. Some of them do it more than others. Amethyst, being the dirty, rowdy girl that she is, like, is constantly shapeshifting into random animals and objects. And, like, she becomes, like, a helicopter and, like, a train and a car and, like, all this stuff. And Steven's like, is Amethyst the only one that can do that? And the rest of them were like, no, but we choose not to most of the time. Pearl chose not to for a very specific reason, but yeah. So, like, he wants to be like Amethyst because Amethyst is, like, the most kid-like of them all. Like, the others, like, are more like adults. So he tries to, like, become a cat, except all he can do is turn his finger into a cat. His one finger into a cat. And then it just starts... Like, they start doing more of it. Oh, man. And, yeah, it gets pretty bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of terrifying. Um, yeah, and that's a lot of those episodes in the first season. And then we kind of move from there, like, to the main plot that has continued to go forward, like, up until this point. So, like, learning about like the yeah. gems and 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 what happened um on the earth and like some of what happened on homeworld like uh, like with homeworld but not specifics and then we meet you know well yeah because then we have the gem uh serious steven with the gem maze which is like basically just straight up like a legend of zelda like temple mm -hmm. um because that's the other thing is like it's a love letter to things that the people that work on the show, like, grew up with and love. So we get, like, a lot of, like, video games, but, like, remixed in a good way. We start to see, and people were, like, as they were airing originally, like, people were, like, ARG, like, trying to figure out, like, because <laughs> uh, Sirius even in the gem maze, there's, like, all these murals of all these different gems. And so, like... What was it? The gem maze was like basically the diamonds like put humans into it for sport, like to see if they could make it through was basically the whole thing. I mean, to an extent, but also like we have a human zoo. Yeah. There's also there's also a human zoo. Yeah, I forgot about the human zoo. You forgot about the human zoo? <laughs> I did. I forgot about the human zoo. Oh god. Like the human zoo where yeah, well, we'll get I'm gonna get into that in a second here. It's very clear like it becomes increasingly more clear that the gems that were here before did not value human life in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and that's a very slow kind of build, like like, we know that the gems are aliens, and then we know that they came from Homeworld, or at least some of them did. Well, 
we get to a lion because we have Stephen's lion. So lion is a lion that is pink. Pink lion. Pink lion. It doesn't talk. It's a lion. It makes lion noises. We still don't know anything hardly about lion. Okay, I have some theories on lion, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save those. Um, so they go into like the desert, and and there's just a lion there, and like Stephen Stephen asks if he can keep it, and they just kind of like shrug and say yes. So like Stephen just has a lion now, but they can teleport. That can teleport, but nobody really knows like what it means. It it also it's like all pink, yeah. Yeah, nobody knew about Lion. Nobody at all. They slowly start to, you know, like, let Steven in on more of themselves. And then, like, in Giant Woman in the first season, we learn that gems can actually fuse. Mm Mm-hmm. Direct, and then direct call to Dragon Ball Z. Yes, they do the fusion dance. So when two gems fuse, like, they have to be, they kind of do, like, this, they do a dance to, like, get their wavelengths in sync. But the way the dances are is different for every group of gems. And like, but you have to be like on the, like in beat and like kind of in like a groove together. And like some of the dances are like a little bit more flirty than others. Mm hmm. So Pearl and Amethyst fuse to become Opal, who is a giant. Uh, a giant woman, as the title suggests, who can shoot the whip and the spear when fused turn into this really cool bow. Bow and arrow. I think Opal is one of my favorite fusion designs. Opal is pretty cool. I like Nicki Minaj, so <laughs> probably <laughs> my favorite if I had to choose. So yeah, so then they learn, like he basically learns like what a fusion is. And then, like, we continue to have weird stuff. So, like, so many birthdays is, like, when when Steven learns that basically his physical form conforms to his idea of what his age is. So then he starts to have this existential crisis of, like, how old actually am I? And, like, so he, you know, he, like, gets, like, to be a teenager and, like, goes all the way up to be an old man. And then he reverts back to a baby again. And they have to, like get him back to being normal Steven, but, like, it's entirely... As long as yeah. he thinks he's a kid, like, he's a kid, yeah. so his, like, physical form won't necessarily change. There's so many of these episodes that are just, like, a trip. Yeah, because like, he, he learns, start, he learns the gems are thousands place, of years old. Yeah, and then they never had... A, they don't know what birthdays are. Yeah, they don't um, celebrate birthdays. Yeah, which, I mean, this is just, as, like, this really good mix of like these serious things happening but also like these aliens that don't like know about birthdays or like how to be humans and are just kind of like here which is like obviously one of my favorite things <laughs> yeah like, ugh, like and then we they, get they don't eat like it's just so funny you want to talk about lars i do want to talk about lars so so there's so after after the birthday episode comes lars and the cool kids <laughs> so Lars is a character that own like he doesn't own, but he works at a donut shop with a girl named Sadie, and it's it's Steven's favorite donut shop because he could get it's the, the only donut there. shop. It's the only donut shop in Beach City, but Lars is this big character. donut. Their logo the is donut. a donut with a bite taken out of it that forms yeah. the B in the donut D. at the big donut. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, I gotta talk about that. I forgot he has a donut song. 
Yeah, there's a donut song. The tape, the tape that that directly references the Wendy's oh, training videos. Yeah, fuck, I forgot <laughs> about that. Which is like your this favorite is... thing of all time. Oh man, it's so it's so. So good. yeah, so they have um, a train. They have a training video. But, on video uh, cassette that they make the on video watch. cassette but let's circle back to lars who is this like standoffish like asshole ish like quentin choir ish like like kid. he's he's straight up quentin choir like yeah, yeah let's let's not even play um laramie lars bariga <laughs> is his name <laughs> um but he he's got is, like a mohawk and he's got and he's got like a stretch lobe so he has like um he's got gauged ears um that have skulls in them he has this like purple shirt that has a snake on it um that he wears all the time um but lars is like from the first time that like i like saw that episode because lars works with sadie and sadie has a crush on lars but lars also has a crush on sadie but it's like they're completely missing the point because they're teenagers yeah and lars well and always also like, want they don't like lars doesn't want people to think he's less cool than he is and admitting yes. to sadie how he feels could make him less cool that's cool exactly and but we learn and the, i knew so long because a lot of people don't people hated lars people hated lars so much because they thought he was just a jerk and sadie deserved like better than that boy. and like yeah just like but, a, like that's the like, thing is like all of them are like kids like they all have flaws yeah exactly and like everybody hated lars so much but like i saw that and i'm like no this is like a kid who's got like very low self-esteem and like anxiety problems and he is like putting up this front like it's like exactly like quentin does and he's like trying to be this thing that he isn't because he thinks he has to be it and like we started seeing and like if he if he takes down any of that veneer then like that means admitting things to himself and also like people will think less of him exactly and i saw this and like like, there's all like a reason like we see why this happens yeah we go back and we see like why like 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 that he he, was friends he was friends friends with with ronaldo and they love scary movies and were total nerdos together and like what was the exact falling out between them? I don't remember. Um, because um, I believe Ronaldo was going like wanted to show um like a picture of Lars to like I think it had something to do with the fo- it had something to do with the photo and yeah. I can't remember exactly the catalyst. Oh, but- it was the when they got scared when they thought there was a ghost in their house. Like Lars got like stuck in the wall. Like he he's he fell through the wall or something. And Ronaldo, I think, wanted to show the picture oh, to yes. someone. He took the picture. Yeah, he took yeah. the pictures because they were investigating that lighthouse. Yep. Yeah. And um, he printed that Ronaldo had the Polaroid. He took out the and he was going to show them to his friends about what they found, but it had an embarrassing picture of Lars in it. So Lars like ripped it up. Yeah. And because he cares so much about what other how other people see him, and like that is like an exact the exact reason why I was like, no, this is this is so good. This is like such a good story and lars his, lars's like character growth took such a long time to get to where it is right now but like the out like the conclusion of this the absolute like where we're go where we went with this is like one of my favorite things ever so yeah like and i could see that the whole time obviously we're just not going to talk about new x-men we're not going to talk about the bad parts of new x-men but other than that <laughs> and like 
being when Quentin was in a jar on a shelf in Hank McCoy's lab. <laughs> like the rest of his arc is very similar to Lars. Yes. Like I like that kind of like snobby kid because it's like I do too. Like it's different when when it's a teen. Like I understand people that might have been harmed by this person when they were kids or whatever, but like. Everybody has insecurities as a teen, and that's okay. Like, nobody, no character in a show is bad for having those. Like, all of these characters exist to, like, learn from each other and develop, and they're fictional people, and, like, that's okay. But I've always loved Lars because, like, I could always see that there was that other side. Yeah. But people, like, even even after the picture thing, people were like, oh, he's just a jerk. And I'm like... He's upset because he asked his friend not to do the thing and his friend was going to do the thing. Like, and they had a fight about it. Like, that's what happens. Ronaldo isn't perfect either. Yeah. Because Ronaldo is an overshare. So Ronaldo Freiman <laughs> is the town's resident conspiracy theorist because he doesn't want anything to do with the Fry business. He He's like the X-Files fanboy. He runs a blog called Keep Beach City Weird which is a reference to keep Portland and Seattle weird, which is like a slogan that they had. And so he like has pictures of all the strange phenomena that he sees and like, oh, the potatoes have a weird face in them this year. That's no good. And he has like yeah. the Sneeple, snake people. The whole thing with Lars is like he goes from this kid who like doesn't want anything to do with like Stephen or anything and he just wants to be left alone to, like, getting wrapped up in this. And, like, when given the chance to, like, help S Steven save everybody, he ends up running away, but runs away onto the ship. So ends up getting stuck in space. Yeah. And, like, that's an epiphany moment. That entire thing where there's... Uh, they also, like, he and Sadie were, like, stuck on a desert island together for a while. And, like, they actually, like, started learning from each other and Lars started mellowing out. But then... Like, so they had all this extended time with each other on this desert island and, like, started to, like, if not admit their feelings for each other, like, Lars, you started to have some of those layers of Lars be stripped away. But then when they went back to reality, yeah, he was like, that was, you know, that was then, this is now, basically. Yeah, and, like, this, the whole part of on um Island Adventure where Lars is sitting, like, by himself and, like, crying and he says... Do you ever feel lonely even when you're around other people? Yeah. Like, like, that's, that's quite inquire if I've ever heard it. It's so that, and like, the whole speech he has when he's like, when he and Steven are stuck inside Topaz, that he's not like Steven, he's, oh, it's so good. Like, all of that is just so good. And like, he, he sacrifices himself to save other gems. Yeah. And straight up dies. Straight up. Straight up dies. But Steven brings him back to life. Yeah, because Steven, Steven has healing spit. And healing tears. Yeah, and healing tears. So he, like, cries, cries Lars back to life, basically. Yeah, and Lars comes back to life, but pinker. But he's all pink. So and perhaps undead? Yeah, he has a very slow <laughs> heartbeat. And, okay, so going back to Lion. So Lion is this pink lion. And eventually Steven realizes that he can reach into Lion's mane. So not only can Lion teleport, but he can reach into Lion's mane and access a parallel dimension, like a 
pocket dimension that Rose in suppose like as far as we know created. So Rose has like a couple pocket dimensions. She's got her room. So at the gem temple, each of the gems have a room that is like theirs that's locked away behind a key that only their gems can access. And Rose Quartz's room is like something where Steven, like using his gem power, can dream up like a virtual reality version of basically anything. It's like lucid dreaming. But then what he doesn't realize is that everything there is like powered by his own imagination. So like the people there aren't really people like they're just they say what he wants them to say because they're not real. And he gets like kind of inception or paprika trapped in like layers of reality and eventually like crashes back out and it's very bad and traumatizing Mm -hmm. but then this parallel dimension in lion's mane has like there's no air there like he can't breathe there so him being half human he has to hold his breath the entire time he's there and he finds like all these relics at this tree in this endless sea of like pink grass like everything's pink tinted it's like a tree with with a Mr. Universe t-shirt stuck on it and a bunch of other junk like piled at the foot of the tree. And so he finds a sword there, which is Rose's sword, right? That's where he finds mm-hmm. Rose's sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he can reach into the main. So then when he brings Lars back, he can do the same thing with Lars. And he starts using that, like, Lars's hair is also a wormhole, like, and he accesses this dimension. But it grows when he does that, when when he goes back through Lars, he realizes there's another tree. So there's, like, another point in this world that he can travel between. So I, I think that Lion, like, so at one point, there's like a picture or something that shows Rose Quartz like in the desert with a pack of lions. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them died and she was able to bring one of them back to life. And that's Lion. Back to life. Yes. Yeah. I think that might be all it is. I think they're never going to come out and say that explicitly. We're meant to infer that. We're meant to read between the lines. Because that would be really sad if they came out and they're like, this is the story of how Lion died. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, no. Like, we have all the information that we need now to put two and two together. Yeah. She can't create life, but she can heal life. But she can heal it. Because there's also, there's also, so the other thing is, like, Rose being Rose Quartz, her iconography is very influenced by the anime revolutionary girl Utena, which has things be all about roses. So there's Rose's like Rose's garden, like a fountain of Rose's tears that is this whole monument that is very similar to the fountain that becomes the dueling arena in Utena, which I didn't show you. I didn't have you watch the transformation because even though it's it's really cool, but it's like, it's so extra. Utena is so, so much. I would not recommend watching Revolutionary Girl Utena. Like it's a very good show. It has a lot of, very questionable subject matter, like strong content warnings for sexual assault and incest. So like 
if you do decide to watch it, like it's a beautiful show, but it is it goes very, very dark in kind of like a similar way to Steven Universe. But Steven Universe obviously doesn't touch on like those darker like human elements because Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant is all about like being a teen and like the awful things that like people like the way people take advantage of young girls, basically, Mm -hmm. is what Utena is about. But the Rose theme, so in Utena, they have, like, duelists that are, like, a representation of, like, teenage relationships. And so the dueling arena that Pearl has, that she has Steven practice at, is very similar to the dueling arena in Utena. And then the Rose's fountain is very similar to the fountain that opens the dueling arena in Utena. Um, and then Rose's sword and the way Steven draws it is like straight up supposed to evoke how they draw the swords in Utena, but he draws it from a normal scabbard and not from like the breast of his lover. <laughs> so, which is a thing in Utena. Yes. Um, yes. So you watched <laughs> you watched that video that I showed you though from Utena, the intro, right? Yes. With the yes. prince. So. Utena, every episode starts out with that intro of like this this fairy tale that is told from Utena's voice that she was like she was a young princess once and a prince came to her one day and gave her a ring and said, hold on to this. I'll come back for you. Like, I can't be with you right now, but like never let go of your nobility and all this stuff. And it's all like fairy tale but the actual people are like silhouetted in black and that's a huge visual motif of Utena because there's also like shadow puppets that will tell like the meta plot that are silhouettes and so later on in the show when they have like when they tell like the actual backstory of Rose Quartz like they literally use that same animation style yes and that's why I had you watch that because it's like note for note supposed to be the same as that so it's very explicit that rose quartz in her iconography is the same is or similar to Utena. also when they go to rose's tear fountain that's how steven learns that he has healing tears by the way um because amethyst gem gets cracked and she starts backwards talking and becoming like a garbled person yeah her features all start like phasing in and out of reality and she starts backwards talking a la Twin Peaks which was very good like it's I I would not be surprised if it's a purposeful callback but yeah so so Rose has all these like weird things that no one I don't even think the crystal gems like really have put together I mean somebody knows yeah let's 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 actually like fast forward and talk about that so so let's crack into it <laughs> yeah so first though we i think we need to talk about the diamonds and about the rebellion and about how, how earth got the way it is so this is an alternate earth where as charlie said earlier the gem the so the diamond authority who were at one point white diamond yellow diamond blue diamond and pink diamond and pink diamond there's no more pink diamond anymore because eventually we learn or we are told well, that Rose, that Rose Quartz, Quartz shattered Pink Diamond okay. to protect the Earth. So they had, they've been colonizing a la Dragon Ball Z, like different planets, and they like injected this like 
basically like a giant bioweapon. Yeah, like it's a giant drill slash bioweapon into the earth and like strip mined the earth for resources and to um, make like soldiers in the strata. Yeah, in a there very, was a like the way. The, so that's the kindergarten. So yeah, yeah. There was a there was an entire plan. Like we see uh, on the moon base at one point. Um, when Peridot goes to the moon base and she shows the gems, like this is what it was supposed to look like. Isn't it beautiful? And it's like this terraformed Earth that is only used for creating more gems and like for its resources and it's yeah yeah so so amethyst came from the kindergarten we learned she was not an original part of the crystal gems she's never been to homeworld she is earth grown and she is also like malformed like she came out at the wrong time yeah, she she didn't get she didn't cook long enough basically yeah she she came out early and the kindergarten is uh so there's a very famous junji ito horror manga i can't remember exactly which one it is but there's there's a bunch of junji ito stuff he specializes in like extremely existential cosmic horror (laughs) that i really like i really like the idea of i haven't read any of it sounds terrifying yeah so one of them is the kindergarten directly references um because it's the one that says you see this hole this one's made for me and like it's all this town has like holes in this cliff and like they go into them and like stretch out in really gross ways. Um, but yeah, Amethyst can just swoop into her hole and like it fits her perfectly. Um, and that's really creepy. The kindergarten in general is creepy because like it's been, it's a completely dead area and it has like yeah. all these like gem viruses. Yeah, this ge- the, the injector the injectors look like viruses. They, yeah, they, they're like, literally bacteriophages. Yeah, like the thing that a virus does to inject um, its RNA into your cell. Thank you for the thank you for the. I mean, I don't the, know what other side. way I can put it. That's how it no, works. I was actually not be. I was like not being snarky. I was actually saying like thank you for letting us know how that works. Okay, but yeah, so these literally do that, but. They're giant, and they do it to the Earth's soil. So, like, nothing can grow here except quartz soldiers, which Amethyst was supposed to be, because we learn, like, they find, like, another quartz soldier, another strain of quartz that, you know, becomes the the Crystal Gem's nemesis for a while. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like, like, we learn when all three Crystal Gems fuse, like, they become... What is the gem? I don't remember. Alexandrite. Alexandrite, who is voiced by Nicki Minaj and is nope, my favorite. Nope, nope, oh, wait. nope. Mm-mm. Wait, who's who's uh, who's voiced by Nicki Minaj then? Oh, no, that's uh, Garnet and that's Amethyst. That's Garnet and Amethyst fu- fusion. What's, what's their name? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> We've only ever seen her once, so. No, we saw her twice. Yeah, but she didn't have any speaking lines. Sugalite, that's her name. Yes. With a big, like, flail hammer thing. Yeah. It's like a giant fist on a chain, and she just smacks everything. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's in there twice. So that's, that's, my, that's my favorite fusion. Um, there's also Smoky Quartz, which is Amethyst and Steven. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a yo-yo whip, which is really good. Also, like, the cool, like, visual signifier of fusions is the number of, like, 
pairs of eyes and arms that they have is the number of gems that are fused. Yes. So like they they maintain the number of eyes and pairs of arms. And fusion specifically is very frowned upon by Homeworld. Yeah. You're only allowed to... So Homeworld gems were only ever allowed to fuse. They use fusion as a way of... Like, they keep the fusions pure. Like, five rubies will fuse to become a bigger ruby um, to do, like, bigger work. But they all have to be the same type of gem. Like, you would never... Because they have, like, a very, like, strat... Like, stratized society where like the higher quality and like pure gems like rule and like quartzes are like the low menial like physical labor type people and then like pearls are servants specifically to the diamonds Mm -hmm. um and then you have like a bunch of you know stuff like quartzes are like physical labor so like amethyst is a type of quartz um and topaz is a type of quartz and so on and so forth jasper Jasper. yeah so jasper is the one that becomes their like nemesis for a bit for a bit and then gets sunk into the ocean in a very terrifying way at one point (laughs) yeah not the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much. There's so many things. Yeah, guys. there's so many there's, things. There's so many I things. I really recommend, like, going and watching the show yourself, it, even if you're... But, yeah, but. so there's, there's like, some a bunch of, like, subplots of, like... Because the thing is, Jasper is a homeworld gem, and that is when, like, eventually they realize that, like, all the stuff that they... Like, Stephen kind of realizes all the stuff they've been doing. Like, some of it has been to test him... But some of it has been to protect themselves because they're, like, basically fugitives. And then at some point, I forget exactly what the inciting incident is, but there's something that, like, clues Homeworld off. It's, it's, um... Oh, it's when they go... It's Peridot. Well, right, they go, they go down deep into... Or no, they, yeah, because they warp onto the planet, right? Yeah, it's Peridot, because she comes... They um, use a warp she comes pad. to check on all of the like the warp stuff because she sends those robonoids um to fix the 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 warp pads um, oh, right, to right right and she comes and um like she's their nemesis for a while yeah um and then she like then they finally like are able to like capture her and then she tells Alf Yellow Diamond like yeah. well and then um no because I think even before that when they went down in that elevator thing. It looked like the fucking inverted castle from Castlevania. <laughs> um, the yellow diamond or whoever it was like saw Steven on the control panel. And she's like, what are you? And he's like, Steven. And she's like, what is a Steven? Or was that Peridot? That's Peridot. Okay. Yep. You're mixing up your, you're, mi- mixing, you're mixing it up. That's but okay. The, Memory is the, a fragile thing. Yeah. The... The whole point of this is to tell you that the Diamond Authority uh, wants Rose Quartz because she is the one that shattered Pink Diamond, supposedly, that's what we're told, and she is a fugitive. So they end up basically kidnapping Stephen and putting him on trial for this crime he didn't or doesn't know about. It's a trial of Jean Grey type situation. Exactly. That he doesn't really know about. He didn't do it. He has no idea about it. But 
they think he's Rose because he has her gem. So that, you know, incites everything with Lars. Well, yeah, because there's like there's a reason we don't know why, but there's a reason why there's only like a few gems that are still on Earth. So there's Amethyst who like was somehow spared from whatever this corruption was along with the crystal gems. Yes. And then also Lapis Lazuli, who we haven't talked about. I like her a lot. She was a cracked gem that was trapped in a mirror for thousands of years, and she's a little bit bitter about it, understandably so. A little bit. But, you know, Stephen has a knack for for um, befriending people. Well, and that's how we learn that he has healing spit. Well, he learns because he cures his friend Connie, who we also haven't talked about. His best friend Connie, he cures her, like, nearsightedness or farsightedness. I can never remember. She can't see far away. Um, he cures that because they accidentally, like, share a juice box. And so that makes him realize that he has healing spit. And he uses that to heal Lapis Lazuli's cracked gem. Yeah. And convinces her to stay on Earth. Yeah. But regardless, uh, we're falling outside of the conversation we're trying to have right now. Yeah. There's four seasons. So there's a lot of material. But what I'm trying, what we're trying to say is that the diamonds, we meet them. Yellow Diamond is an authoritative, militaristic um, perfectionist. She's the, she's the, she's the like, boss woman. Yeah, basically. And then Blue Diamond, we meet her because she's on Earth mourning Pink Diamond. Yeah, she's, like, constantly crying. She's constantly crying and, like, emotional about, about what's happened. And for some reason, Steven, like, when Steven's near her, because he does, like, accidentally end up near her at one point. Like, he also can't stop crying. Crying? He has, like, yeah, a weird sympathetic this, connection with her. This, this, yeah, he has this empathetic con- connection with her. And he also has an he, empathetic connection to, like, all the gems on Earth. Um, like, yeah. Because he can talk. Uh, he eventually talks to, like, the bioweapon that's inside the planet and, like, convinces it to calm down enough so he can bubble it. Because the gems yeah. can bubble the corrupted gems. Like, they use their gems to form a protective shield, and that's... They store them away in this vault that's in the temple to keep them safe. Yeah. And stop them from cause turning into monsters and causing harm. Exactly. And we so we meet these two jet we meet these two diamonds and then we learn about Pink Diamond, but we don't really learn about what happened to Pink Diamond. Like and we know that blue and yellow diamond both have pearls. Blue and yellow pearls. We've not met white diamond yet, but through a series of events we start to piece together that, you know, what happened to Pink Diamond maybe wasn't exactly as it seems or what we're trying to, what we were told in the show. Well, like, it's it becomes pretty obvious that even, like, with what they know, like, the gems have outright lied to Steven to protect him in some cases. And in other cases, like, like with Lion and other stuff, like they literally didn't know. No, yeah. And there's like, he also finds a shattered gem inside Lion named Bismuth, who we learn was a weaponsmith for the, the Crystal Gem Rebellion. And the Crystal Gems didn't know that she was still alive. Yeah, she didn't know that she was in there because it's something that Rose kept yeah. hidden. Which well, we- and, and Bismuth like kind of went way too militaristic like way too ham on the violence and rose put her poofed yeah she poofed her to stop her because she was going like too warmongering 
Yeah, because she wanted to shatter. She was she wanted to shatter other gems. Like she made a weapon that could shatter shatter another gem. Rose's sword was made specifically so it wouldn't shatter a gem. So it would just like cut through their physical form. Yeah, like that's what the, Rose's sword was made specifically for. So it doesn't really add up that Rose's sword could shatter pink diamond. Yeah. So the fifth season has like a couple. Like, Pearl is trying to tell Steven something, except it becomes pretty obvious, like, she physically can't. And so eventually, like, she gets a new cell phone, and she, like, doesn't (laughs) know how to use a cell phone. Because I forget who realizes that she hasn't ever had a cell phone, but they're like, we need to get you one. I think it's It's Amethyst. Amethyst. Yeah. Amethyst is like, wait, you've never had a cell phone? Oh, geez. Like, you need to do this so you can text people. And so she loses her cell phone somehow. Uh, in between getting it and the next time we see her and she's like Steve like Steven keeps getting texts from this phone and she's like I didn't send that like my phone's gone and so Steven has to go like layers and layers down in Pearl's psyche and learn and then he sees there that like Charlie was about to say you want to say it now that we there had been speculation about like okay if you know, we have these uh, diamonds that have these pearls. Pearl obviously belonged to somebody. Who was that? Like, we know that she cast off that whole thing. And we learn in the last episode that's come out that layers and layers down in Pearl's memory, she has this memory of her and Rose speaking to each other about how if they go through with this, something will ever be the same again. And that's okay because this is what Rose wants. And we see, we see Rose turn into Pink Diamond, which fulfills a plot point that... Yeah, after swallowing some, like, crystal uh, some fragments. Sh- some crystal fragments and telling Pearl that she can't shatter herself. So, yeah, fulfilling a, a very long thought out plot from fans that... Rose Quartz was actually Pink Diamond. Yeah. Like, that was something that, like, people thought about a long, long time ago. But we had gotten so many, like, red herrings that I was like, no, that's not true. But yeah, I yeah. guess it was. <laughs> I mean, there's there's certain things that, like, the show definitely foreshadows, but it also, like, it. what complicates matters is the fact that no one except Pearl, Pearl and Rose Quartz, who is now no longer, like, herself. Like, she, you know, gave up her physical form for Steven. So she, like, pretended to be a Quartz this whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And basically came to Earth and recruited the Crystal Gems. So, like, she fell in love with the Earth and its people. And obviously with Greg. Because, like... So, the one thing that's interesting that I wanted to talk about is, like... She was like we saw a flashback. Like Stephen had a flashback to wrote to Pink Diamond mm-hmm. in Jungle Moon. She's kind of a mm-hmm. brat. Like in that, yeah, yeah. She's like, I want my own this, and I want my own that, and I'm not. I can't get it. So like, I I'm curious how we got from like that Pink Diamond to like the loving and caring like Rose Quartz that we see in the show. Which, obviously, like, she's gone, and, you know, we see, even though she didn't really die, like, we see them struggling with grief. Yeah, think about that flashback. Think about uh, the flashback where Blue Diamond is saying, 
like the earth colony will succeed. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is be there. And that's what sets that off. Like, obviously she didn't want to have the colony anymore, but she went back to the other diamonds and they are like, no, this is, you wanted this. Like you wanted this. So you're going to have it. No, I'm just curious, like how, how that change happened. I mean, probably just being around people. Yeah, that's true. Like, actually being around people and like well, knowing and, what and, happens and yeah and and like finding something that you'd like because i mean it never seemed it seemed like from what level interaction we've seen that they didn't ever like she was the smallest of them like yeah in her physical she form was the, definitely the outcast like so she had that capacity for it yeah because each gem can shapeshift but if they like overextend themselves and try like they have a default size and if they like shape shift past that size like try to look bigger than they are for a long period of time they start to like lose it because amethyst has to pretend to be a much bigger gem at one point like she has to pretend to be a jasper i think um who's much bigger than her and she like starts to her physical form starts to like distort and try to like revert back to that smaller size because it's like trying to like puff your chest out for like you know hours and hours straight like it uses up their their energy they can't do it so like none of that was going to be sustainable but like she can't pretend to be any like even though she's still way bigger than the other gems pink diamond is like she couldn't you know like she's the smallest one and like the lowest on the hierarchy of the diamond authority yeah most definitely yeah, like she's the diamond authority is like four diamond shapes in like a square, like kind of like a Simon board of different colors. And pink diamond is the lowest one and white diamond is the highest one. So, so yeah, it's she's she definitely like people didn't respect her, it seemed like. And yeah, and she, like I said, it gave her the opportunity to like have this happen. And, you know, Pearl was the only person who knew about this whole thing. And you know, Pink Diamond's idea was if we disrupt, if we disrupt this, like if we have somebody, you know, if a pink, if a diamond gets shattered, then the diamonds will leave us alone here. Yeah, but that, and that wasn't true. Yeah. It backfired. Because what, so I didn't remember that this happened actually until I was going back and doing research for the episode, but there was a essentially like super weapon attack on the earth, like this big light beam and corrupted all the other gems but the reason that the crystal gems or at least the ones that were with rose quartz were protected is because i don't think we mentioned rose quartz's shield but rose has a shield and um Mm -hmm. she protected all the gems from the horrible like nuclear gem blast that that's essentially essentially what it is yeah that corrupted all the all the gems yeah, they used this weapon on the Earth, and the only people that were sur- survived it, basically, were the Crystal Gems, and obviously Rose Quartz, who is Pink Diamond. Which I'm interested to see the fallout from that, because there is some fallout, because Garnet had no idea. Yeah. And neither did Amethyst. And then that technically means, that technically means that Steven is Pink Diamond. Yes. And that he technically owns the colony and all that. Yeah. The theor- the corrupting light, that's what it was called, was a cataclysmic event and final assault against the crystal gems. So that was like to make sure that even though Pink Diamond was presumably dead, that they 
would never um like the rebellion couldn't reach homeworld and they also like shut off the warp pads um so like that was why not only were the crystal gems like trying to protect the earth from these corrupted gems that were you know i imagine they felt some level of grief about because you know it was a side effect like they couldn't protect them and like not only that but they were like also trying to monitor all these sites and make sure that homeworld wasn't like coming back to mess them up mm-hmm. so they were like living in constant fear for thousands of years which sounds like an extremely bad time yeah really yeah so like people were theorizing that like amethyst was saved because she was still in the kindergarten and like thus couldn't really be hit by the corrupting light which i don't i don't know i don't know how they're meaning for that to work but and then lapis lazuli was in her mirror and those were the like the only ones that were actually on the earth but yeah like all of this like and and all of this like the only like the reason why rose did all of this was because like rose slash pink diamond is because she fell in love with the earth and like the living things there yeah and she could see that they were like destroying the planet because like if you look at a map of the world in steven universe so they don't live in delaware new jersey maryland or virginia they live in an amalgamation of all those states that's known as delmarva because it's literally all of those states like slammed together because like the u.s continent has a giant hole in it it is bad and then like there is like a new york city analog called empire city and that's what sets up like alternate reality and like all the different brands and stuff like that is this alternate timeline of yeah, it, it, it's, it was set on another path. Like, uh, South America is just, like, totally a mess. <laughs> like, it's totally, totally distorted from what it is in reality. Who knows how much the d- damage that the, the colonization did, you know? Well, because that, yeah, because that one kindergarten wasn't the only one. And then there's yeah. the, the cluster is inside. So, yeah. you know, like, totally breaking it up. This all started, like, thousands of years ago. So it was like while the earth was still forming, I'm going to send you the picture, Charlie, just because I found it. Australia is a whole mess. Oh, geez. Yeah. Australia is a whole mess. huh? Yeah. Australia is a whole mess. Half of Africa is like South America because like the kindergartens changed how the tectonic plates worked. And then like Russia just has a giant hole in it. it. All of it is still physically there if you were like smoosh the plates back together. But there's a giant like ocean in the middle of russia and asia poor australia because there's a giant i think that's where the lunar sea spire is actually yeah is that dot in the middle of russia slash asia half of canada is also gone (laughs) it's not great and like greenland is like close to the u.s yeah like very close yeah this is um a little eye-opening had you not seen the map of the world i don't think i'd seen the map properly i think i saw it in the episode but then didn't like see it any further yeah like also florida is like in cuba (laughs) like it's it's all a mess because imagine when you have like a giant bioweapon growing and feeding off the energy in your tectonic plates like also the distance between um the u.s and 
Europe is greater than it is in our reality, probably because the Marianas Trench, like they use that thermal energy. Like there is there's a dot that's centered over where the Marianas Trench would be in in our world. So I'm sure they use that to like mess stuff up. It's bad. Oh, also, Lars became a space captain. I don't know if we touched on this. Yes, Lars is a space pirate now. And it's so good. It's the best thing. He's an undead space pirate, basically. Best. Pink. Always pink, which yes. evokes more of Quentin Quire even <laughs> right, now right. than anything else. It's just the funniest thing. It's so funny. But the bottom line is, Stephen spends a lot of his time, like, getting gems to see, like, the cool, the cool, awesome things about Earth and, like, friendship. And it's, like, a lot of the power of friendship type of deal. It's, like, so wholesome. Everybody's, like, got, like, morally gray, like, parts of them. And, like, everyone's so fully developed. And they act like real people when things go wrong. And it's never too far. Like, it's, like, always, like, let's communicate and talk about how this makes me feel. And, like, we're going to get through this together because they're friends. It's so good. And it's, I would say it's a, this is a departure from what we usually talk about, but like, those are all things that I like in the media we've discussed already. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Which, which doesn't change, and like, like, at all. You know, Steven, Steven is like growing up now. He's officially 14 and he and his best friend, Connie, who like, they may or may not have a crush on each other. It's unclear. Like, they're still kids. I don't like to speculate on that specifically, like. People can do whatever they feel, but like, you know, I, they're just friends. Like maybe they are something more, but at this point, like they're just friends and I'm content, like letting them just be friends. Like, yeah. And the show will explore it on their own pace, but they, so Steve and Connie have used to become Stevani, who is wonderful, not wonderful, not like explicitly non-binary like they're not like this is my non-binary friend stevani but stevani has they them pronouns which i think the the show can like get away with people being weird about because like stevani is literally a they yeah it's a they situation because it's that's more than one person good way. yeah that's a good way to to have that but also and- like stevani is like very like presentation wise like super non-binary yes and is also like the coolest like, uh, they're, the cool kids, Lars's friends, all think that Stevani is, like, an, a teen like them, like an older teen that's just super cool. <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk about that. The reason Garnet can punch really good and also has supervision is because Garnet is a fusion of a ruby who is for, made for fight and a sapphire who can see, like, sapphires can all see the future. Mm-hmm. And they, like, fell in love when they came to Earth and decided to leave the Diamond Authority to be in love forever. And fuse. And fuse. And yeah, and like Garnet's like a physical manifestation of their love. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> like it really like that's like one of the best things. Like the show has like that. It has aliens. It has like like sword fights it has, it has like being very particular about your toys like we didn't even get to, like there's um like a <laughs> nintendo gamecube analog um and then there's this toy uh toy line called guys that are like a gashapon type situation that steven gets from like the local arcade but like the advertisements and packaging for them all evoke like Mega Man bosses, like a collect them mm-hmm. all type situation. Yeah. 
But I mean, this show is just very good. And if you haven't listened, if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched it, please do that. Like the episodes are only like 15 minutes long. Yeah, like, like ten, 15 minutes at most. Like most of them are like 10. Yeah, but there's like so much information like crammed in there. Like the designs yeah. are really cool and the animation's very good. And it's got like a super cool, good message about like family and like love and a whole bunch of other cool things mixed with like all the stuff that I love and I know that like a lot of people would like like sci-fi elements and like callbacks to like other anime and like it's really yeah and even if you don't get all the references like it's taking the best out of all of those things good like I've never watched really watched Dragon Ball Z I'm aware of it but I didn't grow up watching it because I didn't have cable and I still really enjoy like the anime ass anime fight scenes because like it's got me and it's got it's got musical numbers that are super catchy and good there's multiple musical numbers that are really good um like i said like estelle as garnet sings a lot um but every every character kind of like because it's it's a musical show um like steven has musical talents because greg taught him how to play like guitar and ukulele and the other thing is, like, you don't have to get invested in, like, the world building and stuff that they're doing in the background. Like, you can just watch it. You can engage with it on several different levels. But, like, I was, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, you know how in, uh, into the background art I get. I was watching through the episodes to catch up yesterday. And so I was, like, taking screenshots and, like, the signs have, like, MasterCard like accepted here and there's like double fried fries and like advertisements and like so we know that there's like two newspapers in beach city there's the delmarva post and the beach city gazette and there's also like a carpet shop behind the big donut that i'd never noticed before and it's like all of these things that are like my favorite things which is like magical girls and friendship and fighting oh also there's like a wrestling circuit there's a whole like side arc of steven and amethyst doing wrestling which is so good like it's a thing that comes because it's like trying to evoke that like atlantic city like jersey city vibe and so it's just bringing in all of the best things about all of these things and like a small weird town and like quirky personalities and oh it's so good i love it yeah no it's super super good and it's something that i encourage you to watch if you like x-men if you like comic books if you like magical girls any magical girls it's like a combination of all of that like wrestling like it's got everything it's like got something for everybody so go take a look you you know it's it's very good It is in comic book form. Like there's like we mentioned there's side comic that you know like if you prefer to read things, you know that is an option that is available to you. Like it's not they're not necessarily strictly canon, but like they're still fun and like are very well done. They have a lot of really good artists and stuff on them. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just something um that you can pick up if you want. But we've talked for an almost another two hours. There's a lot, and there's a lot more we could yeah, say. Where like... do we? <laughs> Very good. Oh man, his his arc in the most recent stuff was so much. 
<laughs> but also he was kind of a jerk. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of who he is. It is just very good. Yeah. Another good one before we leave is Sadie's mom saying, I'm making a salad and it's mostly cheese. <laughs> me, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Cheese is the best part of a salad, let's be real. But as long as it's good cheese. Yeah, I mean, it could be bad cheese. Yes, it's true. Like, I mean, you wouldn't really? want to have, a, like, a cheese Whiz salad. That's not, not that, you know, that's the other thing is, like, it's extremely, like, that same vibe that, like, Goofy Movie has is also... A little bit, yeah. Is also in this show. Like, it's, it's yeah. also a, that a, kind a of... A little bit. Yeah. It's just a big stew of, of good things. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff in it. It's got a lot of ingredients, and I think you'll be have fun one that you... I think you'll find one that you like. Yeah. And there's, like like Charlie said, there's a ton of stuff that we haven't even touched on, so. Yeah. But anyway, if you like the show <laughs> and would like others like it, I mean, that's what you're getting. <laughs> it is I'm what sorry. it is. This is a kind of a democracy, but not really. If you like the show and would like uh, to listen to more and have enjoyed listening to what we've put out so far, you can find us at Young Ones Cast on Twitter, where... I just keep you up to date with what's going on. I mean, we otherwise we don't really do a whole lot on the Twitter. But talk to us. We'll talk to you back. Um, a about a variety of things. It can be almost anything. <laughs> otherwise, questions about questions for us on the show. You can email us at youngonescast at gmail dot com. Any inquiries or questions you might want answered. Please, if you can, write and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or tell a friend about our podcast. We have a Discord channel where we have daily discussions about interesting things. <laughs> we have a Discord channel that is loosely like the young ones slash my Discord community. It's kind of like all of it. We've got a mishmash of fun people that mostly are interested in role-playing games and or comics in the intersection thereof. But we have a channel dedicated specifically to comics alone. If you're on Discord... The link is in the Young Ones cast pinned tweet. Yeah. So come find us there if you want to talk. Come find us. Yeah, if, you, if you'd like to have discussions, you can come find us there. We recently invited the Beyonder onto our Discord uh, yeah. server, who is the <laughs> arbiter of spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He works very well. He's yeah. Actually no, good I'm, at his I'm job. very, I'm very, I'm very happy with how that worked out, actually. Yeah, he's very good at his job. Unlike the actual... Unlike the Beyondor who doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah, I don't think the... Yeah, he's... <laughs> what was it? Spider-Man taught him how to poop? Yes. I still can't get over that. But you can find me and all the things that I do over at Genetic Ghost on Twitter. I've just been posting art. I've just been posting art. And then yelling about, like, things that could or could not be related to mutants. I have I have a recommendation. My good friend Allie, who goes by Allison underscore coffee on Twitter, is starting a new podcast. She and um, my friend Nora already have a podcast called White Lotus Radio that's about Legend of Korra. It's a Legend of Korra rewatch. But this week she is starting her inaugural episode of a new podcast called Zero Heroes, which is, as she describes it, a comic book podcast where we don't talk about superheroes. Allie is really good at breaking topics down and media down, and I think this podcast is going to be really good. I am going to be on the inaugural episode talking about Giant Days uh, with her 
and one of her friends. I'm not sure when the episode is going up, but definitely keep an eye out for that at Zero Heroes cast. Please go check that out. You know, give her a shout out because I'm sure it's going to be really good stuff. Yes. Yes. Where can people find you, Mikey? You can find me on Twitter at quantum dot dot where I tweet about things that I apparently let my check-ins for Steven Universe go on unfettered and then had to delete like 20 of them. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. (laughs) You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash quantum dot. I've been streaming playthroughs of Thief the Dark Project recently, which has been a lot of fun. It's a thievy sneaky game. I also have a new version of my game. It's it's like Steven Universe x twin peaks like the whole like small town weirdness element but also like more on the supernatural side supernatural as in more than natural not as in the hit tv show cw supernatural starring jensen ackles <laughs> starring and jensen ackles and jared padalaki um <laughs> no it's it it's it's like like the weird town weird small community and supernatural dreamscapes and friendships and support it's it's like steven universe x riverdale is probably clearer to what it actually is in in concept so oh there you go so new version of that yeah uh this has been the young ones an episode of this has been an episode of the young ones uh next uh, two weeks from now there'll be another episode well, we talk about something else that you probably didn't expect us to talk about. <laughs> well, and I don't know what it is yet, so I guess you'll find we'll find out, and you'll then you'll find out is how that works. So until then, thank you for listening, and keep the young ones weird. Mm. Yeah, keep the young keep keep bitch well keep beach city weird at least keep be- yeah keep beach city weird definitely. Yeah, there we go. All right, bye everybody. Bye, bye everybody. <laughs>I wonder if I can make make uh, make her say fuck. I probably can. <laughs> make let Alexa say fuck. <laughs> let her say fuck. <laughs> oh man.